After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. And a good chilly Saturday morning as a cold front descends upon the great Gulf Coast. It's 41 degrees, certainly some gumbo weather here at St. Ubis Cathedral. Welcome to the program. Glad to have you this morning. Here's a preview of what we're going to be talking about. It is now opening day for duck hunters in Louisiana's east zone. That makes our state wide open. We'll have the latest flyover numbers for you. Also, Alabama's enjoying a youth and veterans only opening day today over in the State with Mississippi in between us. So we've got deer season open in many states. A question has come up, uh, do deer carry COVID-19? Well, it has been detected in four states. Is it here in Louisiana? We don't know. We'll talk about that and try to figure out why a deer was captured and removed from our Lady of the Lake Hospital in Baton Rouge. Maybe it wanted to be tested for COVID. Well, no, no. No confirmation on that story. We've got some live fishing reports coming from all over the state. Uh, Staff of marina operators. We've got professional charter guides. Got a special report this morning with Captain Eric Mohabarak. Uh, He's got some Christmas gift ideas for the paddler on your shopping list. And shopping's not that far away. We've got Thanksgiving week coming up this week. And, you know, that weekend after Thanksgiving, Friday is one of the biggest fishing days of the year in Louisiana. With all the hunting seasons open, it really makes it probably the biggest day for sportsmen to get out. And that's coming up on this Friday. Otherwise, some people call it Black Friday to go do some shopping, but sportsmen know it as something else. So you're going to be out there? Hope you will. This week's bad boy story. Got a man cited for illegal hunting in the Kasachie National Forest. We'll tell you his story. And we've also got a preview into this and next week's Bayou Wild episodes. These two programs both have messages to the sportsmen. One, how you could save your life and maybe those of others, and also how you can make the lives of the less fortunate better. Those are some upcoming Bayou Wild episodes on Bayou Wild TV. Also, we'll update the latest count on the extended Louisiana Red Snapper season. Uh, didn't move much on the dial since Last time, I guess that has to do with people doing other things, getting out and hunting, and the weather hasn't been what you'd call perfect for offshore fishing. Speaking of weather, we got a coastal marine forecast coming up for you, and your text messages, what are your plans for fishing and hunting and Thanksgiving celebrations this coming week? We'd love to hear from you. You can text us live into the studio at 504-260-1870. Also share your reports, comments, and questions. If you're headed out today... This is the latest uh, coastal marine forecast from the National Weather Service. Today, you're looking at northeast winds 10 to 15, 3 to 5 foot seas. Uh, Tomorrow, that's going to calm down just a little bit and change direction somewhat from the east, but still predicting those 3 to 5 foot bumpy seas offshore. Inside today, a light chop, east winds 10 to 15, not bad conditions for the duck hunters. Southeast winds tomorrow, only five knots and some smooth conditions. If you like it a little more laid down, tomorrow may be your day. Average tide range, rocking and rolling, a full foot and a half range of tide. Uh, got Most of the areas are going to be faced with a falling tide until about noon or 1 o'clock. Uh, some other areas like Grand Isle, the further west you go, it uh, kind of gets a little bit earlier. 
Uh, high tide in Grand Isle was 10 p.m. last night. 8 a.m. is the low tide. So you're going to be starting off with an outgoing tide and then incoming for the rest of the morning and the afternoon. Mississippi River sitting there at 4.3 but has a tendency to drop, and we love to hear that during this time of the year. Spells some good conditions down near the mouth of the river. All right, uh, we're all set. Grab yourself a cup of coffee. I'm going to hit mine, and we'll be right back to talk to Robbie Campo, find out how his Kentucky deer hunt went and also how the fishing is down in the parish, as they call it, of St. Bernard. We're back with the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, I was thinking Robbie Campo was uh, doing a one-week hunt in Kentucky. No, he stayed for a doubleheader, so hopefully he'll be doing great and we'll have a story when he gets back. But in the meantime, filling in Glenn Sanchez, longtime reporter, former owner of the Bretton Sound Marina. He joins us from St. Bernard Parish. Glenn, good morning, and uh, how's things going down there? I'm looking at that northeast wind, been blowing for a while now. Water probably up pretty good near the docks there. The water's up, and the water's nice and, and clear, and fish are biting, and life is good in St. Bernard right now. Very good. I heard some uh, good reports initially that the fish are pretty close to the marina, too. You don't have to make a far run. In fact, some of the paddlers are getting out there and getting after them. Well, uh, they're catching fish all over the place. You can go, go close and catch them. You can go far and catch them. It doesn't, you know, as long as you kind of know what you're doing, you shouldn't have a problem catching fish because it's November, and they're hitting almost anything because they know winter's coming. Glenn, we got a foot-and-a-half tide range today, um, and you've been down there a long time. When when you got that much water moving and the northeast wind blowing, for, at least for the start of the weekend, uh, what would be some good successful ways to, to fish in that? Maybe some choke points or drains from some of the ponds with where you concentrate? Exactly. Um, you know, you go find a spot where water's falling out and, and, and sit there, and normally you're going you're gonna to catch fish if it's a decent spot. And if you know a spot where they have some oysters on the bottom, that's always a good thing, too, having shells and something to hold the fish. And uh, live shrimp is, is, you know, you can catch them on plastic, but live shrimp is definitely a whole lot faster and a whole lot easier. And, Glenn, what are some of the areas where people are heading? You, you mentioned just about anywhere, so I guess if you ran to the dam, you could probably go by Peach Lagoon, uh, get up into Biloxi Marsh, maybe some of those drains over on the shoreline by Lake Bourne, uh, just about anywhere. You know, just go out there and start moving and look for clean water and bait and throw what you got, and you should do well. Yeah, well, they catch them up and down the channel along the ledge. You know, and the drains along the channel, they catch them back behind stump. Oh, I had a friend of mine went back to Lake Eugene the other day, and, and they just absolutely nailed them back there. And uh, it's just, you know, you might have to move around a little bit till you find them, but once you find them, they're going to be there. And, Glenn, you know, uh, this is the time of year when uh, the people who really enjoy sheephead, and you and I knew a few of them, that that's, that was their target fish. This is the time of year when not only you're going to catch trout and reds mixed together, but also those sheephead, if you want to get them, boy, there's some monsters down there. Yeah, not only that. I mean, that's one of the best-eating fish out the marsh, other than this, uh, I find this new freshwater catfish is pretty good, too. But the sheephead's probably my favorite fish. Yeah, it is for a lot of folks. They're not the favorite one to clean. But, you know, it's really not that bad once you get the knack of how to do it and you know, stay away from those uh, those heavy rib cage bones. I mean, you get you a nice piece of filet off of them. A beautiful piece of white meat, and it's nice and firm. It cooks up great. You know, it's, it's delicious, and uh, it's just a 
like you said, a lot of people are scared of the fish because it's a little bit harder to clean. But once you know how to clean it, it's no harder than any other fish because you just you don't even go by the bones. You know, you just cut it right along that lateral line and, and just take that piece of fillet, and that's all you're going to get. Yep, you can find it easy if uh, people want to look it up. You can just Google it, and they've got a lot of examples of cleaning sheep's head. Glenn, you ran the marina down there in Hopedale for a long time. Uh, tell me what to, people should expect if they plan on a day after Thanksgiving. You know, it's a great day because a lot of people are off work with the, the Thanksgiving holiday. They spend their day at home on Thanksgiving Day, or at least part of their day with the family, and then Friday and Saturday are their days to get out there. But it, it can cause backup at the marina, and I guess an early start or a later start would be the answer if you want to avoid the crowds. Uh, like you said, either early or late, but just come with plenty of patience because everybody who everybody's wife is going shopping and they're going to get the boat. Uh, Black Friday is a crazy day at the marinas. You know, if the weather's right, oh, man, this is, that's a brutal day for the marina operators. <laughs> Speaking of weather, we have had some a gorgeous run. It's been chilly. you got to dress warm, prepare for that early morning, and the sun's going to be up and kind of warms things up. Uh, you don't have to deal with the bugs. A lot of people I know, they don't even fish till this time of the year. They just don't want to deal with the heat and the gnats and the bugs during the spring and summer, but this is their time of year. Uh, so, Glenn, we, we, oh. a report down there would not be complete. What can you tell us or are you hearing from the duck hunters? The reports I'm getting, uh, there's been some success in the Biloxi Marsh, not a ton of ducks, but I'm hearing a recurrent theme that a lot of those ducks are sitting out on the big lake. They're out on Lake Bourne, which is a, usually a late-season tactic. So I'm not sure what's going on there. What are you hearing? Uh, I know they're killing a few up in the marsh, and, and I heard they got some ducks in the lake. I heard they got plenty of dogwoods in the lake, and I heard the reason they're there is because they have these little clams on the bottom, and they're feeding on these clams. And uh, FJ was telling me that the lake is full of dogwoods. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of those two are, are, are ringnecks, and a lot of people mistake them because they look so close. But And the other duck that I'm hearing that's plentiful right now is a green-winged teal. And normally green really? wings come later, so it looks like the migration is ahead of schedule this year. Well, you, you never know what's going on anymore with this with this weather conditions that we are having these days. You know, it's, it, it's changing all the time. Yes, indeed. Well, Glenn, look, we thank you for the report. I, I guess Robbie will be back next week. Huh? He's intended to unless he decides to make another week trip there. I hope so, because I want to sleep in next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not used to getting up early, and you did it for so many years, too. How long did it take you to get out of that routine, or are you still in that routine of getting up early? Well, I fished, I fished four days this week and got up early four days. The only reason I didn't fish five, I had to go to the doctor's yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it. Well, Glenn, thanks for the report. As always, appreciate it. Nice talking to you, and you and the family have a nice, happy Thanksgiving. You do the same, Don. Thank you. Good talking to you. Everybody be All safe right. out there. Right. Good advice. Glenn Sanchez from the uh, Campos Marina down in St. Bernard Parish. All right, we're getting some text messages. We'd love to hear yours. 504-260-1870. We'll be back and also talk about COVID-19 in whitetail deer. What is that all about? That story next on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. 
You may have heard the story uh, earlier this week. The Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries uh, personnel removed a deer on Monday from Our Lady of the Lake Hospital in Baton Rouge. It walked in and made its way up to the second floor. It was a doe about four and a half years old and eventually was euthanized because of traumatic injuries that it sustained. They, uh, they suspect it was uh, involved in a vehicular collision. There's no truth to the rumor that it was checking in to be texted for, for COVID-19. Uh, and we'll get to that story in a minute. But uh, they responded to the call, and uh, they had to anesthetize the animal, took it out. And uh, state veterinarian Jim LaCour said that the injuries uh, led to their decision to euthanize that doe deer walking into the hospital at Our Lady of the Lake. Well, we also have the story of deer in four states uh, have been exposed to the coronavirus. Now, what is that going to mean for humans? Well, there's some evidence that uh, the car, the SARS COVID-2 is spreading significantly in white-tailed deer, and it's brought about some concern for long-term implications to the coronavirus pandemic in humans. Uh, some veterinarians at Penn State University uh, found active uh, COVID infections in at least 30% of white-tailed deer that were tested across Iowa last year. Now, these findings uh, is also con- in conjunction with the uh, United States Department of Agriculture study in August that showed that 40% of the deer population in the northeast and the northwest had antibodies against it, which means they had developed it and survived it and now have antibodies. It's drawn some concern due to the possibility that these animals could carry the virus indefinitely to where they could spread it back to humans periodically. Uh, One virologist at Penn State said if the virus has opportunities to find an alternate host besides humans, that would be designated as a reservoir. That would mean it would create a safe haven where the virus can continue to circulate even if the entire human population becomes immune, which is very unlikely. So it becomes even more complicated to manage or even eradicate the virus. So corona uh, making no exceptions, invading the deer population. Now, whether you would see symptoms, uh, from what I've read, uh, most of the studies say that the deer are actually asymptomatic, so there'd really be no way to, to test them. They, they are testing them when they're brought in, and that's the only way that they're discovering either antibodies or it was infected with the coronavirus. So there you have it. Hopefully we will not have reservoirs of uh, coronavirus hanging around for years in our white-tailed deer population. All right, we got uh, some text messages coming in. we got uh, the backstrap stacker checking in today. He's not in Alabama today. He's in the Texas foothills near Wimberley. Good luck to all his friends hitting the woods in Bama uh, today for the opening of the gun season. They went west to do a little bit of doe patrol. Backstraps will be stacked today. Uh, Love the confidence, and uh, thanks for the text, Backstrap Stacker. We appreciate it. Uh, Justin in our Gentilly inner city refuge, he said after he was playing his drums, he heard a murder of crows calling outside. There must have been... 200 of them and he thought his drums were loud yeah well those crows can make a racket when you get that many of them and and he correctly identified a group of crows the term is a murder of crows in fact there's some interesting names for groups of animals and we'll get to some of those a little bit later on maybe some you've heard maybe some you haven't uh let's see we have um it says my thanksgiving plans won't include too much outdoors other than harvesting homegrown millitons making a big order of pepper jelly and some undoey from scratch. I hope you, Martha, and Chris family have a great and safe Thanksgiving. That's from my buddy over in Alabama, 
David Hubble. Uh, we also have, let's see, the Irish Kunas. He's in Mississippi, headed out in the southeast zone for Bones. Good morning, it is. Yeah, what a beautiful day for deer hunting. Uh, Going to be nice and chilly start, lots of sunshine, low humidity. Uh, good deal. All right, we got the uh, the pod drivers checking in, the mad trucker. He's taking the big rig to Hattiesburg, the river. Got a lot of people up this morning and uh, texting us some messages. All right, um, in addition to the story on the deer, we're also going to talk more about ducks, and we'll do that in the next segment. The Wildlife and Fisheries completed another flyover. Counted birds in some areas uh, that they did not get in the previous week. Also want to update you on the latest on the red snapper situation. The Wildlife and Fisheries has released the latest uh, recreational snapper landing. This is through November the 7th. The real-time landings, or near real-time, said that 696,000 and some change, which is still about 85% of the annual private recreation, uh, that was 816,000, have been harvested. Uh, very few were taken since the, the last accounting, and that was primarily due to other activities, and we had some inclement blowing weather, and not really conducive to getting out there. A lot of the offshore boats have been uh, kept at, at dock. But it will be open uh, seven days a week, daily bag limit of four, 16-inch total minimum size. Season is open until they estimate that the total allocation, which we still got about 15%, actually that was November 7th, so probably a little bit less, is still out there for the taking. Otherwise, the season will close on New Year's Eve, and then we'll reset the season for next spring. All right, when we come back after this, some more of your text messages. Send them to us, 504-260-1870. Who are you? Where are you? What you doing on this beautiful, chilly, gumbo kind of a morning? I'll also have the latest duck report. A lot of you headed out to the blinds this morning. Good luck to all of you. We're back right after this time out on the outdoors with Don Dubuque. Radio Network. All right, checking our text message board. We want to know anybody got any fishing reports for Lafitte? Did the storm Ida that never stops giving completely mess up Lake Salvador? Or will we have another run of trout this winter? I would suspect we would. Uh, taking a while for all that to clean up as other areas were inundated with storm debris. And, you know, when that uh, marsh grass and the lilies and all that dies, it causes oxygen problems. Uh, hopefully that will settle out. A couple of fronts come in, water comes in, water goes out. It's kind of a flushing effect. I would suspect there will be a run on trout. Anybody got any reports in that way? Text them in. We'll share them with our audience, 504-260-1870. Here's one uh, Mississippi listener. Uh, says, the baby girl had a blast with us on the Magnolia River. We caught a few reds and some nice white trout. It was a great family time. All right, good deal. All right, we'll be right back with some more of your text messages in the northwest and northeast Louisiana duck flyover report right after we let our local stations identify themselves on the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And we get a text from Ronnie listening to us up in Independence. Uh, says, well, I'd like to know why the water in Delacro is still nasty. Same reason I talked about in Lafitte. Delacro was a uh, hard hit, a lot of dead vegetation, and that causes... Uh, uh, an effect uh, where there's low oxygenation and moves things around and a lot of suspended stuff. We still have had some fronts and pretty high winds keeping it messy. But, again, the more fronts you get, comes in, goes out, cleans it up, and hopefully that will change. I'd like to get some reports on Delacro. I know the duck reports were very disappointing in that area on opening weekend. Perhaps that will change. This front may have brought some new birds in. All right, let's see. We got uh, the northwest Louisiana and the northeast Louisiana flyovers were done 
if you hunt up in those areas or expecting birds to come down when the shooting starts. Uh, in northwest Louisiana, the management drawdowns with a moderate drought had some, it affected the amount of quality waterfowl habitat that's available. I'm talking about Lakes Bistineau, Wallace, uh, Black Lake, all of those had been drawn down. The agricultural fields and pastures with the flood potential were dry, and most of the impoundments were dry as well. So drought in northwest Louisiana has really affected it. Only 3,000 ducks were observed. Now that is 52%, half as many as last year's 6,600, which wasn't the greatest year by any means, and it's 58% from the most recent five-year average. So would not expect up much up in northwest Louisiana. It's actually the second lowest November count since the survey began back in 2005. The only time there were fewer birds was 2016. Two-thirds of them were three species, gray ducks, mallard, and green-winged teal. Now, northeast Louisiana, uh, they flew over the agricultural areas there, and they managed wetlands in north Louisiana, and they've got dry conditions across the region there. Duck count was the lowest it's been since uh, 2005 when they had that dry conditions in November. There were only 21,000. Uh, this year, there's 34,000, and compared to past years, it's 86% down from the most recent five-year average of 260,000. So uh, if people don't believe Louisiana's duck population and migration is in crisis, I don't know what it's going to take to convince them. I mean, there's too many years consistently, different conditions here and there, and uh, counts are up as for, if they're accurate as far as nationwide. But Louisiana, I'm getting horrible reports from areas like Gaydon that were once thrived and many other places. There are some exceptions. Some people are limiting out, but a lot of this is some species that normally we don't see, ringnecks and green-winged teal. So don't know what's up with that. As far as geese, Northeast has become really a popular area for goose hunting. It's up slightly to 74,000, uh, about 4,000 more than they had this time last year. But it's also 51%, half of what we've had for the last five-year average. Even the geese are affected by the migration alteration. All right, we come back after this break. Uh, we got some more fishing reports coming up for you. We're going to be talking to Daryl Carpenter, getting the latest as Grand Isle picks up the pieces and rebuilds. Also, we're going to take you down to uh, Delta Marina. We'll get a report from Mitch Jurisic, where I got a, some early week indications. Fishing been good there, and uh, unfortunately, we don't have Captain Kirk this morning, but tell you what, that's been one of the bright spots for duck hunting, and they're catching a lot of fish over there in the Hackberry Big Lake area. All right, we're back with more of what you and I love to talk about. It's the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, let's uh, take a little trip down to Empire, talk to Mitch Jurisic down at the Delta Marina and find out what's going on there and at the Ponderosa Restaurant. Wonderful place to be on a chilly November morning just before Thanksgiving holidays. Hey, Mitch, how's it going? Doing fine, Don. How about yourself? I can't complain. I'm looking forward to this big holiday weekend coming. I know it's going to be really busy down there. And what will people encounter if they come down there with uh, catching a few fish on their mind? Okay, well, just as you said earlier, the speckled trout have really, really been biting really good when the weather when the weather cooperates. I mean, we're getting some really nice catches. You know, speckled trout, uh, the size is really what's impressive right now. This past week, uh, 
Our guides came in. They had some really beautiful trout. They're actually surprised at the size of the trout they're catching. Though, you know, it's really been really been fantastic. And the, the mixed catch, you know, the mixed bag redfish, sheephead, speckled trout. I mean, people are just coming down and just just having a time of their life. You know, the clients for the guides, the people who are just coming on their own. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of cabin rentals. We've been really Really doing well. The live bait situation has been awesome. We've been able to keep a great supply of live shrimp on hand. And, uh, you know, thank goodness for that because these uh, these guides and fishermen are really, really dependent on it right now. They're saying, you know, without the live bait, it's a little difficult. So we're glad to have that for them. And, and it's just been, you know, really, really good. The snapper still, I guess the season's still going to trickle on a little longer i haven't heard anything yet but uh pompano too we had some boats going out catching a few pompano uh, at the rigs and also some lemon fish you know some nice catches of lemon fish are showing up and further offshore the wahoo is starting to turn on so you know we're getting a, a little bit of everything happening out of empire now that's great. It's good to hear it. Yeah, there's still some time to get after those snap. Uh, last count, they had about 15% of the allocation left to go, and uh, there's not a whole lot of people pursuing them, so I think it will be on for the next few weeks. And the good thing is this time of year you can fish them seven days a week. It's not just a three-day weekends. And, boy, Pompano is certainly a welcome news to hear those those lost souls being caught. That's a real elusive fish. Mitch, I did want you to talk a little bit about your store there because I know a lot of people count on you having a live bait and headed down to fish either out of your marine or even going further down because there's not that many places that offer it. But if they happen to forget to pick something up or they realize they need something, you got a pretty well-stocked little store down there. It's a good place to stop in an emergency and pick up something you might need like nets and et cetera. Oh, most definitely. We got pretty much all what you need for your basic fishing. You know, we try to keep the most commonly used products in stock. And believe me, it's been very difficult with tackle and all lately because of the, you know, ever since the pandemic and everything, you know, the, the supply. Sometimes it takes us three, three weeks to get an order in. So I'm always ordering ahead of time. So to be sure that we have what you need, but we definitely have it. If you if you forgot it, we even keep a few rig hooks in stock. We keep gaffs, nets, all types of bait, you know, artificial and a lot of bait, hooks, sinkers, you know, pretty much. If you forgot it, you know, we, we, we got it. We got something to get you out there on the water to go catch your fish, believe me. You know, we you work uh, very you open a lot earlier than the – you open a lot earlier than the big box stores, too. <laughs> you can check them oh, out Oh, yes, early. sir. Yes, sir. We're actually, we open at 5, but the live bait line is actually there. It starts around 4.15, people waiting on live bait. So my guys get in a little bit early now. You know, usually about 4.30, they'll get there and start, you know, dishing out live bait as soon as they get get everything opened up and ready to go. So a lot of, a lot of people are waiting in line at 4. You know, right after four o'clock in the morning for their live bait because, you know, it is it does we do sell a lot of it, but we've been very very fortunate. We got several boats fishing the bait for us right now. We've been able to keep up, you know, and and that's really a big a big help and and it's great. You know, the the shrimp are very lively. They're nice size too right now. They're perfect for for fishing. You know, and and we got it. I mean, if you need it and you forgot it. Stop in at Delta Marine. I'm pretty sure you're going to find something to get you through today. 
That's great. And also the Ponderosa restaurant for the way back. If you headed up the river and you want to stop and don't feel like cooking, and you got some great food there. How's the oysters running, and do you have any Thanksgiving specials this weekend at the restaurant? Well, this is what's going on. Oysters now, it, they're starting to really plump up, and the salt, man, they're salty. The raw oysters are really getting good. Uh, Charbroil oysters, as usual, are always excellent. We had a really good night last night. We sold a bunch of oysters. We're all probably 50-50 mix now between raw oysters and, and charbroil because of the cooler weather and everybody and the raw oysters being so good. And not to mention the crab cakes. The crab cake pasta is really starting to be one of our top sellers also you know we do have great steaks and and all of our seafood you know it's really really good i mean it's really been really been rewarding to 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 have a little success with this thing also you know up on top of delta marina the bottom's been doing well you know the store and all's been doing well cabins and now we're getting a restaurant up to par and, and we're really excited about everything i mean you know uh i'm glad to have oysters uh Thanksgiving weekend, we are going to be closed at the restaurant. Uh, you know, we're not going to let everybody go with their families. Normally on Thursdays, everybody's eating their Thanksgiving dinner, and usually on Friday they got their leftovers. But we are open at the marina. The marina will be open uh, Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, from 5 till about 10. You know, as soon as it slows down, I'm going to let the girls go home and spend the day with their family. But we'll be open on Friday, normal business hours the rest of the weekend. So we do have a, a few cabin guests coming in, and, and we're going to be there for them and anybody else who wants to come down and enjoy this fishing. And also, down with duck season open, you know, we do have lodging available. We get quite a few duck hunters that are starting to pass through and stay stay with us, you know, before they duck hunt and head on down the, down the river and go kill their limits of ducks. And that's another thing. That's been going very well lately. You know, a lot of, a lot of good hunting going on, and, you know, people are having a lot of success with the ducks. Yeah, even when other areas are bad, that mouth of the Mississippi always enjoys a lot of ducks migrating down there. Uh, Mitch, I don't know if you were there, but uh, my Bayou Wild TV co-host Martha stopped by on her way back, and she enjoyed some of those grilled oysters, and she said it might have been the best she'd ever had. So that's a real compliment well, coming for her because she's hard to please, I'll tell you. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, maybe she did swing by. I might have had my head down looking at the opening them oysters and not paying attention, but... uh. You know, we've been pretty much, there's not many days I'm not around there, especially if the oysters are being grilled. So I'm sure she came through and I must have missed her some kind of way. But I'm glad she did because, uh, you know, we take pride in what we're doing there, especially with oysters. You know, I'm an oyster guy, so i got to be sure they're, they're right before we serve them. One of the best products Louisiana has to offer, no doubt. Mitch, thanks so much for the report. I'm going to let you get back down to the bait shop and expect a, a slam jam day on Friday, man. That that Black Friday is not only a big shopping day, it's a big fishing and hunting day, too. Yes, sir. We're looking forward to it. All right, Don. Good talking to you. Thank you Yes, sir. Much. Thank you. Mitch Jurisic down at the Delta Marina. Stop by, tell him hello, and enjoy some of those grilled oysters up in the Ponderosa. All right, coming back after this, Daryl Carpenter, the rebuilding, the, the renaissance man in Grand Isle. Are they any further back on the road? He'll tell you right after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And uh, Captain Daryl Carpenter of RealScreamers.com and Grand Isle has been uh, kind enough to update us each week on the progress in uh, restoring the Isle of Grand Isle, a jewel in the crown of Louisiana's coast. And, Daryl, if you would, maybe compare what normally Thanksgiving week would be like on Grand Isle and what it's like in a post-Ida world. 
Well, uh, ooh, that's a hard comparison. Uh, there's definitely a whole lot fewer people here. Uh, seems like all of the contract workers decided that this past Friday was going to, you know, a lot of these guys are from out of town. So they're taking an extended Thanksgiving vacation. So a lot of them left. Uh, a lot fewer people left on the island. However, I did notice the last few days there's been a whole lot of little boats coming on the island. Uh, and I can tell you progress is being made because I now have a boat parked in my yard. Uh, we're fixing a I think today and tomorrow we're going to start exploring that marsh and seeing what it looks like, uh, seeing what's left of our normal haunts. Um, I can tell you as far as the progress reports we've been making, of course, I think I think electricity is a non-issue now. Uh, they've got those generators tuned in pretty good. We've got steady electricity. Uh, water seems to be increasing daily. It's still not potable yet. Uh, it's a pressure situation. They, they, every time they pressure it up to where I think it meets, you know, guidelines, uh, another pipe blows out somewhere. So they're running it on low pressure, but we do have water. Um, other than that, I think I think you're going to see some people fishing this weekend. I'm I'm hearing rumors. I haven't. They've had so many things going on. I'm hearing rumors that the town itself has quote-unquote closed fishing all they can control is what's going on on side of the road once you hit the grand isle sign there's been a ton of people fishing up and down the side of the road and some good reports coming off side of the road but they're staying in lafouche parish um instead of crossing in the in the grand isle um it, i think the boat launches from what i've been able, been told the boat launches are considered quote-unquote closed because of the emergency workers. They may reconsider that this weekend, being the majority of the emergency workers left. So it's possible over the Thanksgiving holidays, maybe they can open that up. Um, there's been a lot of people on the water, though. I mean, private launches and coming in from other places. And, you know, man, it's hard to follow somebody like Mitch. He's so good at this. But but uh, the reports are about the same. Uh, hearing good transition catches, speckled trout up in the marsh, uh, a lot of good size on the speckled trout, just mirroring what Mitch said. And we talked last week about, you know, the cobia and all that had been being being called on the offshore stuff. I've seen several offshore boats returning to Grand Isle. Not sure where they're launching from. I do know that there's been a whole lot of Wahoo that's been caught this past week. The boats that did get out just did wonderful on Wahoo. And of course, they are enjoying the last of that little bit of snapper season that we that we've got. You know, it's it's been a long time since you could catch red snapper in the fall, so it's slowly but surely starting to return to normal. And next week, maybe we'll you know I'll have some eye on the eye on the situation itself because I'm going to burn some gas and get in that marsh. I need it. Uh- if you would, uh, Daryl, when, when do you estimate that you'll be back up and be able to take trips if people want to book a trip with you? What does that look Don, like? I know biggest, it's not definite, but what's your best estimate? Our biggest issue, you know, I could probably be up and running tomorrow. Um, but our biggest issue right now is what are we going to do with our clients? It's it's a rare situation that our clients want to drive in, take a fishing trip, and drive out. We had best count I could get. We had maybe three hotels survive on the island and those are completely chewed up by contractors and all, and i suspect will be for months or a year to come uh so what we're about to start working on is as this relief aid starts winding down um we're about to start working on trying to figure out what we're going to do with the clients does that mean that we have to now get into the lodging business and start building lodging do we have to bring in temporary lodging 
something along that lines. But I am hell bent and bound that to do it right, I'm, I'm hoping to be able to do it by March or April. Um, you know, this could be a situation after Katrina where, you know, 10 days after Katrina we were fishing, but you had to truck everything in. And I just don't know that the client base is willing to do that right now. So, I mean, if, if this would have happened earlier in the summer when fishing was still on a lot of people's minds, yeah. But, you know, with the majority of our folks looking to go and get in a hunting stand and the holidays coming, we're going we're gonna to shoot for early next year and hope we have the lodging situation figured out. All right. Well, you let us know. We want to be the first to know when you get back to having customs down there. I know a lot of people are waiting and with bated breath to get down there back on the island and get their toes in that sand. Darrell, thanks for the report as always. Uh, we'll catch up with you again next week. We'll do the same thing. Thank you, Don. Y'all have a good day and happy Thanksgiving. I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money, and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, MoneyWise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Thanksgiving to you. All right, we've still got some fishing reports coming from Mike Gallo, Ryan Lambert, Eric Mohabarak, also our bad boy, the outdoor story, and we'll preview what's on the Bayou Wild TV this weekend for you. We'll be back to do all of that right after this short pause. It's halftime on the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And welcome to our second half kickoff of the outdoor show. And I got to tell you, during the uh, top of the hour break, I took a little stroll outside of St. Hubert's Cathedral. And boy, what a, what a gorgeous morning it is. I envy all of you who will be out there fishing and duck hunting and deer hunting. Uh, to the east, we had that orange glow of a sunrise during pre-dawn hours. And then back to the west, we had a big, bright, full moon out there. By the way, I am a firm believer, and this is not just conjecture. I've actually witnessed full moon days. If you're deer hunting, those deer, and fish for that matter too, are active during the middle of the day. You will see deer walking around in daylight in places where they're strictly nocturnal. Uh, they move at midnight and around midday. It's just something I've observed over many, many years. And what that says is uh, either if you can't make an early hunt, plan a midday hunt or stay on your stand longer during these full moon periods. All right, we got lots of Text messages coming in. Let's see what we got here. We've got, uh, okay, the big guy, Drew Dubuque. A lot of you know him. He's been on this radio show before. He's on his way to Oklahoma for some duck and deer hunting. He's got uh, Betsy. His dog is going to be ready for our Black Friday quail hunt. By the way, I'm, I'm going to preview what's on Bayou Wild TV for this episode and next week's. But in an upcoming episode, you're going to hear a dog story about Betsy. And if you like dog stories, uh, this one uh, might bring you to tears, but it's a good, happy ending for Betsy the GSP. We'll have that uh, coming up on Bayou Wild TV in uh, Season 8 uh, after the first of the year. All right, let's see. We have someone saying uh, you have a bass fishing report for the East Pearl River. Uh, it's a little old, but it was good. The river was dropping and uh, moving, water clearing. I'll tell you one thing if you're going to try it out, that the Pearl River wildlife management area middle river boat launch you ought to see this it, it is gorgeous they've set up two lanes they've got a, a limestone parking lot now uh, they've restored the bulkhead um, it's a great little place it's right on highway 90 and put you into that middle river section i really like to go in there for fishing 
Uh, it also opens up to some of the duck ponds to the south, but it all connects in there. You can get to any part of the Pearl River you want from that launch. Uh, just make sure you got a map or a GPS with you and check it out. But uh, you can do that now. The Mid- Middle River Boat Launch just opened this week, and it's perfect in time for the open of the duck season, so you might want to check that out. All right, we have some more text coming in. Uh, this is from The Worm. It says, Rain or shine, hot or cold, voice or no voice, the worm is always here listening. Love to hear that. All right, uh, then we have the, uh, oh, this one. Um, someone wants me to set the sports jocks straight. The New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans are a pod, not a flock. Thanks, I learned that from you. <laughs> You know, those sports guys are hopeless. You know, you could tell them over and over, and they still wouldn't get it. But uh, one day we're going to run down a lot of those names, very interesting names, like uh, a group of cockroaches. Guess what they are? They are called an intrusion. That's pretty appropriate. Uh, Coyotes, you refer to them as a pack of coyotes, but also a rout of coyotes. And as we mentioned earlier, as Justin in the Gentilly Refuge said, uh, crows come in a murder of crows. Deer can either be a herd or a mob. Um, Dolphin would be a pod or a school. Donkeys would be a drove. And ducks could be a flock, a team, a bunch, and a brace, which is two. Interesting stuff. And uh, and this one I can't figure out. Why are eels, a group of eels, called a cell? List goes on and on. It's a lot of fun to look at them. And some of these names, these group names, date back uh, to the, the middle, middle Ages. So, anyway, it's always interesting to check that out. All right, uh, when we come back after this break, we're going to talk to Captain Mike Gallo, busy guy this time of the year, got some great weather conditions. It doesn't matter, cold. He's got a boat. He travels wherever the fish are. Got to guarantee you don't catch any fish. You don't pay him for the trip. Nobody else I know of does that. We're back with his report right after this time out. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And Mike Gallo is our Born on the Bayou reporter. It's sponsored by CETO for $179 for a whole year. Hint, hint, good Black Friday Christmas gift for your loved one. You'll get a membership that will bring you fuel wherever you need it, whenever you need it, tow you in 24-7, jump starts for electrical problems, whatever it takes to get you back safely. Tow is like AAA on the water. Peace of mind for you and your loved ones, and it's one phone call away. Call him, Captain Chris. Nice guy. You'll love talking to him, 504-301-4545. Or if you're a clicker, get online and just click com. Get yourself or your friends a membership. Captain Mike Gallo joins us now. And, Mike, how has your week been doing these beautiful mornings, man? Clear skies, no rain, and a little bit of wind, but no, not really a big problem. How you been doing? Well, Don, it's been very productive in the Wrigley's area. Had a variety of trips this week, some over in the Biloxi Marsh catching redfish. Those were very successful. And locally... There's plenty of speckled trout. Um, It seems one day you have a grind where you move around and you catch eight or ten in each spot. And the next day you catch one or two until you find the spot and you catch 30. So we'll see how today plays out. But that's what's been my pattern this week. Uh, Of course, we're still fishing live shrimp on a drop shot. Uh, if we get into a, a good little school of them, get them going pretty good, I switch somebody over to plastic. And the Matrix 
in the clear colors have been working pretty good. The Holy Jolie and the Shrimp Creole, those have been very productive for us. Uh, so that's really been the pattern. There's beautiful green water in Lake Pontchartrain along the North Shore. The bridges have started to produce pretty good. I wouldn't call it on fire yet, but it might be smoldering. <laughs> <laughs> Smoldering's a good sign because where there's smoke, there's going to be fire, and uh, maybe those World Series trout are just a little bit late coming in. Uh, those trout you've been finding, either the the small groups or the big groups, uh, what's the size on them? I would say our ratio of catch to keepers is more in the seventy thirty range. You catch ten, you keep seven. Some of them are right on 12, and some of them are, you know, what we call obvious fish. You just don't need to measure them at all. He goes straight into the box. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yesterday was one of those hit-and-move kind of days. It was breezy in the morning, so we had a later departure. My clients are not leaving until today. So uh, they're snuggled up in the lodge right now, and I got a different group going out. But we moved around several different spots. We caught some Big freshwater catfish, we caught sheephead, we caught black drum, and then we finally found a hole where two bayous intersected, and we ended up coming out of there with 28 speckled trout. So worked out for us pretty good. I think if the tide wouldn't have bottomed out, they'd a bit longer. But when you have a later departure, you kind of close your window on yourself a little bit. Today's tide in the Shell Beach area should bottom out right after lunch, 12.30, 1 o'clock, something like that. So um, yeah. today we're not leaving late, leaving on time, and we'll head straight to that spot. I might try the bridges for a little bit first, give it an hour or so, move around a couple of times, because I'm just waiting on the bridges to just overnight be on fire. And that's the way hmm. it seems to happen out there at those bridges. Yeah, I'm looking at a, a 1 p.m. low tide there at the Slide LI-10 bridge, so – uh, your timing should be good. Mike, I know that they call you the forensic fisherman, so I know you keep tabs on water temperature. Uh, we're getting some really cool temperatures, but is the water temperature dropped enough to where when you're fishing those artificial plastic, you're just barely moving in and feeling for that little tick, or is the bite still pretty aggressive and fish active? The bite is still pretty aggressive. Our water temperatures yesterday varied depending on where I was anywhere from, say, 63 down to 60. I've yet to see water temperatures in the 50s, but it's going to happen. That'll get the bite slowed down. A lot of what I base, a good tip on how I base my plastic movement is the movement of the current. Current's moving slow, I'm moving my lure relatively slow. Current's moving faster, I move my lure a little faster. And then And then I feel like I need to catch one to sort of see how the fish reacts. In other words, if I hook him and he comes straight to the surface and he's shaking his head, he's not cold. But when when the temperatures do get kind of cold and they get lethargic, you hook them and you bring them in, they're kind of rolling and wallowing on the surface, not quite as aggressive, shaking their head. And that's when you know got to stay slow, the fish are a little on the lethargic side. 
Mike, would you say somebody that uh, doesn't fish often, they want to take the boat out on Friday because it's a popular day to fish, and they head out there to the bridges in Pontchartrain, and they load up on either live or dead shrimp or both, and they work those bridges. You feel kind of certain they could come back with a nice mix like what you had, you know, maybe some of those big freshwater cats, some sheephead, a trout or two, possibly a flounder, red drum, get a real mixed catch? Yeah, all of the above. Yesterday... I think we caught everything but flounder and bass. We had one white trout. We had speckled trout, like I mentioned. We had redfish. We had black drum. We had sheephead. We had freshwater catfish. And we had some hybrid bass we caught down by the wall in Chalmette. Um, We did not have a bass, and we did not have a flounder, but I can't think of much else we missed. Yep, good mix. Mike, it's not too early to think about Christmas gifts, and I always like to recommend gift certificates for fishing trips and Black Fridays coming up. If somebody wants to book a trip with or without lodging with, uh, at the Spots and Dots Lake House Lodge with Angling Adventures of Louisiana, what's the easiest way to get a gift certificate? Is it online or telephone? Very simple. You can call me on telephone. We custom make each gift certificate for whoever's going to receive it. I can mail it out to the sender and then they can present it as a gift at the appropriate time. Um, And we, of course, keep records of who has what. So it's a simple process. As long as you give me enough time to get it in the mail and mail it to you, there's even been occasion where someone was close by and I met them at a local grocery store and could physically hand it to them. Easy enough. Mike, have a great day on this beautiful Saturday morning, and uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll catch up with you afterwards next week. Well, thank you, Don. We'll have more reports for you in the coming weeks. All righty. I'm sure there's turkey on the menu, too. We'll be right back after this, and we'll be talking to Captain Eric Mohabarak. He put together some Christmas gift ideas for paddling fishermen. If you got one on your list, listen in. He's got some great suggestions. Plus a fishing report, too, and they've got a tournament going on with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club. All that to talk about next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And our stroker slash paddler slash peddlers report with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club is a presentation of Massey's Outfitters. They're in Baton Rouge, they're in New Orleans and Mid-City, and they're in Covington with some of the best kayak fishing models from brands like Hobie, Jackson Kayak, Native Watercraft. Look on their website or their Facebook page, and you'll find out all their products and those demo days where you can try before you buy. Captain Eric Mohabarak joins us now. And, Eric, we got a lot to talk about in a short time to do it because I asked you to fulfill a, a, a Christmas wish list, and, boy, did you come through. We'll probably get to as many as we can. Before we get to that, give me a little bit of fishing report. Man, it has been good for the paddlers, not only weather-wise but fishing-wise. Well, Don, man, the fishing is unbelievable. I'm out here by Mitch right now, and, and the water is calm. we got the birds feeding. Uh, the, the client just made the first cast. It's beautiful. They are catching fish in Shell Beach right there. I said earlier, Lake Pontchartrain's producing a lot. Uh, you know, all up and down 23s on fire. I had a buddy of mine go to Leesville and launch, and he limited out on the trout, some good ones, you know, about pound, pound and a half trout. But uh, the fishing's really been good. Uh, as far as the lake goes, they're catching catfish and trout and redfish out there. And uh, things have just been really, really on fire. Easy, close runs. The fish are moving in good. It's still a little transitional, but uh, it's coming out, you know. 
Well, you also got the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club Championship going on today. Heaviest stringer of two reds, five trout, and the flounder. The total weight is the winner. Uh, and that's being held right down there in your neck of the woods with Highway 23, correct? Yeah, Yes, sir. They're right there out of uh, Lake Hermitage, and uh, there's 40 of them participating in it. So we're going to see who to who holds the belt at the end of the thing. And also uh, the angle of the year gets picked out of this tournament, too. So we'll have to see who's that. they got a few people in contention for that. I can't recall all of the names. But uh, it should be a good day for them, especially for the sidecasters with the way the water's been, you know. Um, you know, I know it blew, blew yesterday and stuff, but uh, it, it should be cleaning up nice today. I know it's clean out here where I'm at. I can't mix with that water. And we got a few birds' feet and stuff, so it's, it's, it should be a good day. Yeah, Mr. Brendan Bayard will update us on how that goes when he yeah. comes on next week. Well, let's get to your Christmas wish list. We'll start off with a – you oh. came up with some good ones, but some really obscure ones for fishermen. Toadfish crustacean kit. What is that? Yeah, well, that's what I call it, Don. It's the toadfish uh, kit that supplies, you know, the shrimp peeler, the the crab, uh, the, the scissors that crack the crab claws and the lobster claws and stuff like that, the oyster knives, the clam knives and stuff. And I just thought that that'd be a great gift for, you know, even, even a housewarming gift, not just a Christmas gift, but uh, it would be a great gift to, uh, you know, to give to someone because, you know, the ladies and the men can use that and even teach your kids to use it. You know, uh, it, it's, it's a nice piece of some nice pieces of equipment, all stainless steel and stuff like that. And I thought that was just like a uni type thing, you know, that, that, that everyone can use. So I thought yeah, that would be a great that, gift. I would call that a seafood Swiss Army knife. From there, let's move on to the Howler Brother Men's Weir. What is that? When men's wear. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> you put yeah, men's weir. So <laughs> weir, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking fishing. <laughs> I know, but, uh, I know. But uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's a clothing line. You know, it, it's got some really nice shirts and stuff. It's it's kind of uh, outdoorsy, but yeah, uh, you can wear it to church on a Sunday. You know, it's uh, it's some nice stuff, and of course, you can buy different styles that they make in uh, Holler Brothers. And uh, it's it's just some nice clothes, and I thought that'd be a good little thing. And then uh, then I also put up the uh, the Sims uh, ladies fishing wear. I thought that they make some really nice stuff that's designed specifically for women, which a lot of companies are getting into now. But I believe Sims is one of the first ones that came out with you know the, the clothing that fit women you know proportionately, you know, and it's some really good stuff also. All right, how about the one wheel? The one wheel. Well, Don, maybe me and you, that ain't for me and you, but, you know, I thought that'd be something something good for the, you know, let's say the, from the from the nine-year-old all the way up to the, let's say, 32-year-old. You know, I have seen people older than riding that. But that's an interesting little thing. I guess that's a modern-day skateboard. It's, uh, you know, it's it's got the, what do they call it, like an e-bike wheel on it, and mm-hmm. it's one wide wheel, and, it, and then you can ride through the city on it or all, all of that stuff. It's pretty interesting to see how it works, you know. I, I suggest looking at Massey's and checking them out and giving it a try. Uh, I did try it at the uh, sportsman show years ago and uh i ended up on the ground on the on the big part of my body <laughs> well something that would be for you and i how about this uh gift certificate for the 504 craft beer reserve uh well you know don that that's something that's pretty cool you know uh, louisiana has been coming out with some award-winning craft beers and uh they they carry them all at uh at the at the, at the 504 brewing there and they uh you know, and that's something that that's a, I, I would think to give that to somebody who's from out of town, you know, uh, you know, just buy them separately and give them a variety of different craft beers, you know, because we have craft breweries all the way from the west to the east now and up to the north. 
So uh, North Louisiana, and uh, a lot of them have been winning a lot of awards. And, and I just thought that'd be a good gift, male and female alike. I think that's a great gift, and above twenty-one. <laughs> you know, well, you've got about really six more. Thing. You got about six more. We're going to save those for our next time because there's still plenty of time to shop for Christmas. But one right. I want to put out right now is a, a guided fishing trip, a Louisiana kayak company. How do they get that great gift, Christmas yeah. gift? Yeah. You just give me a call up, and we'll handle it from there and design the gift certificate just like you like. If you need lodging or food or whatever you, you, you want to do, we can handle that for you. You, know, you got so the kayaks. I got, you got the, the boats in, yep. and the bait and the, and the rods and reels and everything they need for a great trip. You're doing good. Yes, you made, yes, you came up with a very unique shopping list, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next six of them, and we'll catch up with you next time we do that. Have a great day out there. hope your client does well, and you do too. All right, Don, you have a great day, too. Nice chatting with y'all. Y'all be safe out there, all right? All right, there he goes. Uh, They call him uh, raccoon feet sometimes. (laughs) That's a long story. We'll get to that another time. We come back after this. Oh, boy, bad boy of the outdoors. We got another one for you as we never run out of bad boys. We've got that story coming up next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, here's some more of those group animal names. Uh, geese. This is interesting. Now, a goose can be a flock of geese. It could be a gaggle of geese. Now, if they're in flight, they're called a skein. And if they're in a V flight, they're called a wedge of geese. Get your proper terminology here. Gerbils is a horde. Uh, frogs would be either a knot or an army. A uh, fox would be a leash or skulk. Uh, elk are gangsters. They're known as a gang. This is a lot of fun. We'll, we'll get some more of these, too. Groups of animals names. Some of these go way, way back in time. All right. Uh, let's see. Let me check our message board here. We got uh, a couple of text messages coming in. The old snake doctor's checking in. He agrees with the full moon data. I do well fishing at noon on the full moon. It's uh, it's more than coincidence, I tell you. Fish and game are much more active in midday on full moons. Write that down in your book of Don Dubuque sayings. All right, we come back after this quick uh, station identification pause. It's yet another bad boy of the outdoors case begun by an Operation Game Thief call to the Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries Agencies. So many do. We're back with that story right after we pause 10 seconds to let our local stations tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Well, another case uh, started with a phone call to the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries alerting them to suspected fish and game violations happened on November the 1st when Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Agent Sergeant James Bruce and Agent Ryan Duran Got a complaint about an antler deer killed over a baited area on the Kasachi National Forest near Georgetown. The agents investigated the complaint. They found four illegal bait sites on the forest. By the way, it's illegal to place bait and hunt over a baited area on the Kasachi National Forest lands or any state-managed wildlife management area. The agents identified Stephen McNamara. Uh, hopefully not the same Steve McNamara, who's the writer. He's the person responsible for placing the bait. He also confessed to taking an antler deer with a rifle during the archery-only season. So, if convicted, facing maximum penalties of $1,050 plus up to 60 days in jail and a civil restitution payback, that is the amount of money that the state considers the value of a rack deer to be $2,033 
is 46-year-old Stephen McNamara of Georgetown, Louisiana, our bad boy of the outdoor. All right, we got some happy Thanksgivings coming in and uh, back at you, especially my barber, Jason, thanks to him. And, uh, yeah, big Thanksgiving week coming up. It's a very popular week to get out and fish, hunt, and, well, for some people to shop. But uh, that ain't what I'll be doing. All right, we come back after this. It's time to check in with Ryan Lambert, find out if the ducks are flying down in Plaquemines, and if the fish are biting, he'll let us know right after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Yeah, we call him the plastic man because he loves plastic lures almost as much as the fish do. We're talking about Captain Ryan Lambert of Cajun Fishing Adventures. Never know where we're going to find him. Could be in Mexico at Nolajase, could be in Alaska, he could be in Luling, could be in a boat, could be in a duck blind. He's everywhere and anywhere. Let's find out where he is this morning. Captain Ryan, where might you be? I'm in Luling. We had a, one of my daughters had a birthday last night, so I came home and sacrificed my hunt. <laughs> well, <laughs> happy birthday girl. to the daughter. Which daughter is this, the baby girl? Kristen, Kristen, the middle one. Yeah, well, happy yeah, birthday so, to Kristen. Uh, yeah, and then it's Cody's birthday today. One of the guys is in the blind right now. I just wished him a happy birthday. And yesterday was a great day with all that wind. Everybody limited out, and today is dead calm and low water, so they're going to have to wait on them today. But uh, it's been really good. Yeah, everything's been good. The fishing's good. The duck hunting is good. I mean, we we're truly blessed to be where we are. What species is is most commonly showing up down there? Wow, I tell you what, we have killed everything. We've killed mallards. We've killed pintails and gadwalls and widgeons and blue and green wing and canvasback and redheads. I mean. Already, I mean, there's not a lot of cans and reds right now, but you know that's usually the second split. But there's a lot of gadwalls, a good bit of widgeons, and you know there's, there's more blue wings than than should be. But there's blue and greens, and I mean we've just been killing mixed bags. I mean, but it's it's been good. I mean, it's probably killed over 500 ducks already. Well, you guys are, are one of the few, and it usually works out that way. The closer you get to the mouth of that river, the better the hunting is. And a lot of places that were compromised, I'm sure those birds are finding adverse conditions, so probably showing up your way. One thing I'm hearing from a lot of hunters, and, and you, we talked about this earlier, about trying to maybe do some hunting offshore. I'm hearing that a lot of birds are sitting on the big open waters, like late-in-the-season birds or mature birds will do. Well, you're going to have that. You're going to have that. Uh, so a lot of, you know, also we've been having low water this week. So when you get low water, that's what they're going to do. They're going to go sit out there and that, and that rafting up in the open water because they can't get in and feed. Not only that, but we've been having these giant rafts of pool dew, and they'll have 2,000 ducks sitting in them. And, I mean, you can watch them come, and they'll come 40, 50 at a time. I mean, it's heartbreaking, but, what you, you know, if it's calm and they're not going to move around and get away from that, there's nothing you can do about it. You know, it's uh, it's, it's a little on the good side because those ducks will just kind of kind of move around from spot to spot if there's water and if the tide comes up. So, you know, it's just, it's just part of hunting. But right now, this week, we've had some lower water. And look, we had lower water at a point two uh, tide, no negative tide. So when it gets to be, you know, one foot negative, shoot. It might drain the whole Louisiana. They got a foot and a half today, so eventually that tide's going to come up. And, you know, I always told you, I said, it's amazing how those ducks can feel that tide moving. They know when that water's they, coming up and they start flying in. It's incredible. 
Yeah, they know everything. I mean, it's incredible. But uh, but to what you were saying, the, the the recruitment this year wasn't as great. So we have a lot of smart birds. You know, we have adult birds, and, and it's going to be a little difficult to to shoot some of them. You got to be on your A game. But um, ah, it's uh, <laughs> it's it, that's part of it. I mean, we're going to have fun doing it. We got we probably I don't know. We probably got about. 30 blinds already set up in different wind and water conditions. And, and I'm going to have to do some different stuff this year because in January we have a lot of negative ties. So I'm going to have to get off the lease and, and go out in order to kill birds. But whatever it takes, you know, I'm, I'm all about it. Fishing's been real good. By December 16th, they're calling for a 2-2 river. And that, that means the water is going to stay really beautiful. I mean, I was sight fishing reds at 40 yards. I could see it. The water was so clear uh, this week. So, you know, that's what I like. And I'll be able to fly fish a lot all winter. So we just pick our days and, and do whatever it gives us. You know, there's a lot of trout around, redfish. They're catching sheepheads like crazy. I mean, it's, it's just good right now. Very good. You guys hunting and fishing Thanksgiving Day? Y'all taking off and shutting down? No, no, that's family time. We always take off for Thanksgiving, and then we got crews coming in Thanksgiving night. But uh, we we take off Thanksgiving Day. That's that's family. Yep, gotta have that. Well, uh, have yeah. a great, happy Thanksgiving. I know uh, you probably have the girls and the family gathering around, and then boy, get back after it next weekend. We got another front coming. I think Thanksgiving Day, and then we'll have some, maybe some fresh troops tomorrow. coming in. Yeah, we got a bunch of fronts. They lined up. Yeah, it's going to be good. We got to get you down, and we got to get a date for for Sarah. I fly fished with her earlier this weekend. We did well. I mean, they've been fly fishing like crazy. So I'll get her and Andy down to go duck hunt this week, maybe, and uh, and then we'll talk about when we want to put put that trip together for the show. Yeah, I sent you some dates. And, and by the way, she's been burning up the woods lately. She's she's she loves yeah, that fire. She she loves yeah. burning wood. Sarah, of a fire maniac too. You know the girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta love her. All right, Captain Ryan. Thanks for the report. Enjoy your Thanksgiving dinner with the family, and uh, we'll catch up with you later. You as well, buddy. Bye-bye. All righty. Captain Ryan Lambert, Gaijin Fishing Adventures. All right, I got a question came in on the text message board. Somebody wants to know who can replace a discolored screen on a Lawrence unit. Uh, it's Dave in New Orleans East. Um, I can't tell you, but maybe if you check with Lawrence and find one of the repair shops or dealers, or you may have to send it to them. I know you hate to pull it out and ship it, but maybe somebody can tell us. and Just shoot us a text, 504 504- Two six zero one eight seven. If you have any idea who might be able to replace Dave's discolored screen, got some more happy Thanksgivings coming in. Oh, my buddy uh, Dean, Dean Galatis. He's over with uh, Latte, which is my dog, sister, uh, Smokey's sister, his daughter Abigail. They're doing their annual camping out in Fountain Blue State Park, which is right close to Big Branch Wildlife Refuge. And he said they're hearing a lot of shooting over there. And, of course, the deer are always moving in the park. There's some wonderful deer in that Fountain Blue State Park, as many of our state parks do. Although, no hunting. Sorry. All right, we come back after this. We'll wrap it up, tell you what's coming up on Bayou Wild TV, give you a little bit of preview. And, oh, here's a good name for a group of animals. I wonder if uh, my Texas daughter, Cherie, is listening. Goats. You call a group of goats a tribe. And, boy, that's definitely an accurate description of what she's got at the Woodsboro, Texas ranch. All right, we'll be back and uh, wrap it up right here on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Stay with us. 
All right, uh, kind of wrapping up here, checking on our text messages. Emory in Gulfport might have a solution for Dave in New Orleans East. Dave was looking for a place to replace his discolored screen on a Lawrence unit. Uh, Emory says he sent his Ray Marine to Seawire Marine in Miami for repair. So that may be a lead for you if you're looking to ship it off. Uh, and hopefully maybe you can find somebody locally who can do it. But I am at a loss to tell you who might be able to handle that. All right, um, Bayou Wild TV. Our crew, uh, Martha and Chris, are up in South Dakota at Bad River Bucks and Birds. They're doing uh, a pheasant hunt, but among that, they're doing a a lot of uh, wildlife viewing and habitat viewing up there. And Chris has been sending back some outstanding uh, photographs and video of the terrain and habitat. Uh, They made a visit to Custer State Park, which I have been up there before. Uh, Wild bison, pronghorns, uh, rams, it's a wonderful place, and I'm sure they're going to come back with a lot of great footage for a future episode. This week's episode, uh, we did this uh, a couple years ago with the U.S. Coast Guard, and we did some duck hunting safety tips. And if you've never seen uh, from a helicopter what the marsh and camouflage duck hunters in camouflage boats and blinds look like, it's not easy to find someone who is stranded to rescue them. And we did a demonstration by helicopter and what the difference makes if you take the proper precautions. So you could could be a life-saving message you get by watching the show. Check it out. It's by UWild TV. Uh, go to our website, and we've got all the, the listings there. Or just simply go to YouTube. You can catch it on YouTube where you like and whenever you like. Uh, we've also got uh, John Foltz, one of his fa- my favorite all-time recipes with him called Death by Gumbo. It's a stuffed quail cooked in a gumbo. It is outstanding. And you can learn how to cook it on this week's episode. Now, next week, uh, with deer season wide open and all the hunting seasons, uh, we're rerunning a Hunters for the Hungry episode. We had a special San Francisco giant, uh, great Will Clark. Uh, We went hunting with Will. He donated an Axis doe he shot to the Hunt for the Hungry. Uh, We also went and uh, served meals, uh, helped serve meals at St. Vincent de Paul uh, with some other fellow hunters. And we have a great cooking feature for deer. Martha and John Foltz uh, cook a deer heart. And if you, I know it sounds a little on the gross side. People say, ah, they don't eat organ. You try that deer heart, uh, you will never throw another one away again. That's all on Bayou Wild TV. And in the future episodes we've got coming up, we've uh, got some youth hunts, and we've got uh, the hunt, uh, hunt of a lifetime with a young man uh, who came down and made a hunt with us over in Mississippi, and boy, how that that turned out so well. Can't wait to see that one. Uh, We're also going to have the story of uh, Betsy, the German short hair pointer, kind of a a miracle dog. Got that feature coming up, and uh, we got some duck hunts planned. We got some fly fishing trips. Uh, Lots of stuff on Bayou Wild TV for the next season that'll be upcoming. All right, um, let's see. What else did I have? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did want to mention... You know, this is going to be a huge week coming up for the outdoors. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend is one of the most popular. Good Friday and the Friday after Thanksgiving, a.k.a. Black Friday, are two of the biggest outdoor days of the year. Now, I would say this one is maybe bigger because you don't have any hunting seasons open during uh, the Easter holidays, you know, Good Friday. But you you might have a a turkey season open in some state, but for the most part, it's strictly fishing. But this time of year, uh, you've got deer season, small game, goose, uh, duck seasons open. 
Um, you know, you can also do uh, all kinds of fishing. We've still got snapper time opened up. You can get out and do offshore. We got a good report. There was some uh, early uh, wahoo starting to show up pretty early, and we've also got uh, some late-season lemon fish hanging around for offshore. Uh, the speckled trout, redfish, and sheephead drum, all those inshore species, and even including freshwater cats and, and bass are starting to show up. And this is the time of the year those water temperatures drop, and White perch, sockele, whatever you want to call them, get turned on. And people have that extra time off, so uh, most people will, will go for an outdoor trip. So if you can, take part in it. All right, here's a question on the animal groups. Uh, do you know the collective name for a group of pigs, sheep, and cattle? Uh, the name they choose is the Democratic National Committee. That ain't nice. <laughs> uh, it's a joke. Happy Thanksgiving, and uh, back to you. All right, well, whatever you're going to do this weekend, uh, make good plans. Let's hope for good weather. we got some frontal systems coming, uh, two more before the next weekend. So that should bring in some new birds, drop some temperature, get some of the game animals moving. Whatever it is, uh, enjoy giving thanks this Thursday. And then for the weekend, get out there and uh, enjoy some fishing and hunting and do it with the ones you love. And then be sure and tune us in again right here next week, 5 to 7 a.m. every Saturday, 52 weeks a year. We're now in our 33rd year, headed for the 34th. And hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we do bringing it to you. Don't forget to catch out Bayou Wild TV. You can check it out on the website, find a station near you, or it's always available on the YouTube channel. Have a great weekend. Happy Turkey Day, and we'll see you next week right here Saturday morning, 5 to 7 a.m. for the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network.